themselves and 360 the world. Jamie Neal, the host, asked many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. Here at 360 Yourself, we are very proud and honoured to be partnered with General Assembly. We embrace this with open arms to a new adventure. General Assembly is a global tech education company focused on the most in-demand areas today. So that's anything from UX, digital marketing, coding, data science, data analytics, to travel writing and ethics. Our slash their main goal is to get you where you want to be. You can find out more about them at ga.co online or across all socials at ga underscore London. We also encourage you to please rate and comment about us on Apple Podcasts. If you do enjoy what we bring to your ears, we'd love to hear about it. Hello, welcome back to 360 Yourself. I hope you're having a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, wherever you're listening to Welcome to 360 Yourself. And if you're totally new to the podcast, let me explain exactly what it is about. The question we asked ourselves and my guests is how do you 360 yourself to 360 the world around you? Essentially, how do we look at ourselves, reflect from it, understand what it is, how we work, how we move, think about ourselves first before we even get into the space around you, before we even get inspired or whatever, be impactful, we need to understand ourselves first. It's like that saying about partners and love, like you can't go into a relationship seeking someone to fix you. You've got to be fixed fixed by yourself. You need to be whole yourself. So it's the same thing. You can't enter your space in the universe and do all the brilliant things and, and be charismatic and enchanting and, and all that sort of thing. You need to be whole. And so we talk to our guests about how do they 360 themselves? What are they what are they discussing? What are they thinking? How do they see themselves? So that's and and I think that's also changing quite a lot in in lockdown and uh, one of the conversations that I've been having as well about self-reflection is this question of have we become more forgetful in lockdown and I find that really interesting because obviously our routines have been totally different we've been getting up going to the gym potentially downstairs like our kind of home gym working out and then going to our computer and working and when actually doing our normal social activities. So we're forgetting to, maybe if you've got a second language, speak to someone that you would normally speak to, um, going to work out, doing hair and makeup, dressing a certain way. We're sort of forgetting some of these things that are so normal to us uh, because we're not in our normal routine. And it's about will what? how long will it take for us to get back into our normal selves? And I think it's just reflecting on ourselves and to be more aware of um, the things that we're not doing as normal. So maybe starting to do the things in lockdown a bit earlier on before the kind of lockdown 
moves and uh, becomes more um, flexible because I think it's important um, that we don't just say suddenly the gates open and then we're like overwhelmed by things that we haven't done for a long time. We're like, oh no, I think it's important to like do bits by bit by bit and to really, really get to, I don't I think the idea is that normal, whatever the new normal is, it's about trying to find those moments that we haven't really looked into or we haven't had a moment to express again. So that's something that I've been talking about recently. And talking about this sort of idea about self-reflection um, and coming up in sort of the digital world, she is amazing. I mean, her name is Sheeny Park and she's a digital, uh, well, she runs a multidisciplinary digital agency called Cube Collective. Um, and she tells digital storytelling. Um, and I absolutely love her and I've known her for a long time and, and, where, and how she came up. Um, and we just talked about loads of different things. I mean, the conversation literally just carried on. We, we, we honestly could have talked for like two hours. Um, but I really, really loved her. And she's such an amazing, uh, joyful person. So I really hope you enjoy this episode with her. Hey, Sheeny, how are you doing? Hi. <laughs> I, I love it. I love the kind of like flicky hair look back sort of thing like hey how you doing yeah I mean I was just doing nothing you called my name so I had to look around <laughs> I love it so how are you this morning are you feeling good are you feeling energized I know obviously we're in sort of a pandemic um so some people is up some people are down like what are you feeling today what's your vibe well, James, I was driving for about five hours yesterday, just uh, visiting family um, out of town, right? Uh -huh. And that was my first ever like out of house experience in Africa. I want to say like ten months or something. <laughs> so I'm very oh, wow. high right now, like in a in a high. And I also had three cups of coffee, so I feel like I can hear, <laughs> I can hear the air. Yeah, you can hear you can hear your hair growing, as they say. Yes, I can hear things. And I think I want to reorganize the alphabet because trust me, it doesn't make sense. I need to re-alphabetize the, the alphabet. That's that's how I am. Thank you. Oh, James. wow. <laughs> I mean, that's a very like psychedelic sort of like experience that you're having right now. Yes. I love it. So, <laughs> so, so yesterday was the first time you left sort of your house on a long sort of journey. Yep. Yep. Wow. 100%. Yeah. Wow. And so, and so could, whereabouts are you at the moment now then? I'm in Warsaw, but in my Warsaw. brother and father lives in a city called Wrocław, which is about four hours away. Right. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I just hopped in my car and yeah, drove and yeah, that really resets your mind. I, I, I didn't realize how much like a car journey would reset my mind, but Matt, maybe after all these like groundhog days. I literally <laughs> love, I love driving. I live in, I'm, I'm in the countryside at the moment, like which is about four hours from London. Um, I'm in, literally in the middle of nowhere, so you have to drive, but I love- Where are you? A, a place called Devon. Um, oh, cool. Of course I know Devon, oh my God. My yeah. best friend lives in Devon. Oh really, yeah. whereabouts in Devon? I no? don't know exactly whereabouts, but she just had a, um, a studio built down there right by the, the like what the hell? a like, studio as in, as in a, as in a photography studio no uh, she's a fashion designer so uh she shares it with her she he's actually a podcaster too like um uh, maybe you know 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know everyone in Devon? <laughs> yeah, it's a very small, well, actually, it's a very small community of people mm. who, are, who are creative. I mean, there's a, there's a sort of funny joke that if you escape Devon as a creative, uh -huh. you're, you're one of the lucky ones. Because because Devon sucks you up, it just because it's so beautiful and there's not meant there isn't mm. that much like creativity down there. And if you want to be mm. like a good creative and you want to do like great things, you sort of have to leave the How nest. About I move to Devon. You can come. You can come to Devon. You yes, come, but let's make it the new shortage. but the funny thing is though, someone recently said to me, it was like, "There's a creative agency down in my in my hometown in Plymouth, right?" And I was, and they, and they work for like really big brands, right? And I've never heard of a creative agency to work uh -huh. in Plymouth, which is a very, uh -huh. or Plimpton, which is a very, very small village. And so I've now uh -huh. googled this place, and my, my, my determination is to find out who these people are who run this agency because I'm like, I've uh -huh. never heard of a creative agency who has clients like Disney and all that sort of thing living in my hometown. Yeah, it's unheard yeah. of. Um, that's amazing, though. I feel like you're also doing something great in your hometown, so don't discount yourself. This is very true. I feel this like right true. now there's a distribution of like talent and wealth into these smaller cities and, this is and true. towns or hamlets. This is true. I love Every, it. Everyone, the, the things, uh, so many of my friends, I'm sure you as well, who and who've left the big cities, London, like mm -hmm. New York and LA, mm -hmm. and have gone to these places. Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. they're just basically working remotely and, they, and they've understood mm -hmm. and they reflected going, well, why were we paying this much to be in this flat when we could be in like Margate yeah. or like Brighton, do the same exactly. thing work-wise and then just commute if we need to commute when life comes back up together. Exactly, yeah. And then you just realize like, ah, oh, yeah, this could have been an email, you know, this meeting could have been an email. <laughs> and then yeah. now we're, I'm at the point where this Zoom call could have been an email. <laughs> I know. I, I I don't know about you, but I've had experiences where like I'm like, let's set up a Zoom call, and someone's going, no, please, can we not do a Zoom call? Can we do a phone call? And I'm oh, like, oh, oh, I love that. I, uh -huh. I, I, I it was it's only happened to me twice now, and I've done thousands mm. of Zoom calls now, and like it's only happened uh -huh. twice to me that they didn't want to do a Zoom call. They wanted to do a phone call, and I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I don't see the difference, but I'm if just, you, they clearly didn't wake up with lipstick on. <laughs> Yeah, so 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 is that people were listening. So I so when we started the the podcast, she was like, "Oh, we're gonna do the thing," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I was like, "Are you wearing lipstick?" She was like, "Yeah, I did it all before coming out of bed." And I was like, "It hey, look, I mean, that's really really handy if you want to just jump out of bed and go straight to a podcast." That's yeah, that's exactly what I did. Hello world. Exactly. Do you know what I'm wearing downstairs? <laughs> gonna stand up for your benefit because <laughs> no, i'm not wearing any I, don't, don't worry yeah, I'm, 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 I'm wearing love island speedos don't worry it's fine love it <laughs> i love it this is this is the way forward this is the way forward <laughs> isn't it like at the top is really good and then down bottom no one knows it's a mystery exactly so james but, this podcast could have been an email <laughs> this, this could have been an email so what i want to know is we, we could ramble on and this could go on forever but i would love to know more about mm -hmm. you like what is your background where did you start because you had an amazing career and i love the mm -hmm. the entrepreneurial and the hard work and the ambition so i'd love to know where it all started okay i mean i mean okay there there was definitely a point of uh, where it started because it was back in uh, November 2008. It was a stormy night. No, 
I was in my second year of uni in London, um, uh-huh. two days before a deadline. I hadn't even started this pro- project. It was meant to be like a weeks lo- weeks long project and I hadn't even started. It was two days before the deadline and I thought, eh, you know what? I'm gonna open a blog. <laughs> and right. uh, I did an all-nighter. I opened a blog, I coded it, I designed it, whatever, myself. I had lots of blogs at that point. Like I, I worked as a web designer since I was 17. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like, Christina Aguilera blogs, you know, things like that. So um, opening a blog was sort of like a, a survival instinct for me. But, but was it was it like newish? Like the blog world was new, I'm assuming. Or was it still... The fashion blog world was really new. Like there were maybe right. like Susie Bubble, Rhyme Boy, maybe, like maybe 10 people. Right, okay, yeah. And I had, you know, we've been following and it was kind of like, it started in Sweden. Mm-hmm. So it would mostly be like look-based, if you know what I mean. Like it, it was all about like outfits yeah yeah and then Susie started blogging and it was all about talking about her experiences etc and I'm like like I can do this yeah so so I opened I opened it I was 21 or something like a total baby also very stupid opened it that's where it kind of started and so yeah. and so where, <laughs> where, where, that's it that's my life so from from the blog how did you then start the, your company then Okay, so that, that's like a, a 10, 12 year journey. Is that a notification on your end? No, that's someone, <laughs> that's someone else's phone. I don't know why my phone's oh off. I know. Turn it off. <laughs> I know. We got, I'm talking. This, 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 is the thing, this is the thing with society now and like, oh, well, there's so many devices now. You think you do one of them, you're like, okay, brilliant. But then you've got eight different ones around you. Like, I've got to turn eight yeah. different devices off. Yeah. But, like the microwave is smart now. I'm like, why do you oh, need to be smart? You just need to I've, do you know, I've, I've seen microwave, my, I've seen microwaves that you can say microwave on and it turns on. Oh, why? Yeah, everything, <laughs> well, even like Amazon, Amazon's taken, take well, bought a lot of kind of like voice activated companies and especially the driverless uh, ones. And so we all know, if you, I mean, I think you're silly if you don't think this, that, but everything is going to be voice activated in the future. Uh-huh. So that's gonna be amazing. You'd be I like, oh, okay, um, stove on, uh, heating off, like all this sort of thing. You're just gonna be talking to everything. But I, what do you, what, what happens when you don't feel like talking? Like, uh, what happens if you don't have a voice? That's the first thing. That's true. That's very true. Look at yeah. you being political here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, no, I'm so go, go back. Go back to your company because we. I think we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go on a different tangent, I and I would love to know. Segue. Yeah, yeah. So go back to your company. So it was a 10, like 10, kind of like 12 year kind of journey. How did the company come about? Yeah. Yeah. So 10, 12 year journey. Uh, in the beginning, I never wished to monetize. I did, we didn't, you, you couldn't even monetize the blog back then. It was mm-hmm. 2008. Nobody really had a blog. They were all on live journal and such. But um, I, I started posting these DIY fashion tutorials and it kind of went viral. And by viral, I mean more than five people looked at my blog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it went from five, five readers to something like 500. So I'm just like, okay, so maybe I'll do this for a while. And mm-hmm. then that kind of like led to uh, buying a new camera. I had been photographing before then. So I bought a new camera, which means you're photographing more, etc. So it just kind of led one thing led to another. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, my first ever press trip was, was with Chanel. <laughs> oh, <know>? wow. Cash. <laughs> Super cash. Yes, super cash. She's like, um, they were like, oh, we want to take you to Paris. And you're just like, I'm 21. Nobody takes me anywhere. 
No, they don't even take me to Tesco. <laughs> I go in Paris. How, but um, how did that, how so did that come like, about, though? Did you did you email them? Or did they find your blog? No, no, they they found my blog because I I had been photographing. Like I was just doing everything with, with it. Oh you know, God. it was just curiosity. So all the all these devices are going mental at the moment. What is going on? This is crazy. This is crazy. What's going on? Can someone turn that device off? Do you there live in a can we turn that device off? Thank you very much. It's turned off. Sorry, carry on. Crazy. So, Karen, so you're really interrupted. They saw your 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 blog for Chanel, and uh, yeah. and then they invited you out to go to Paris. Right, carry on. Sorry about that. Yeah. And it wasn't paid or anything. There was no notion of paying anyone for anything back then. But that kind of, like, kick-started everything. So after Chanel, it would be uh YSL it was Yves Saint Laurent back then before Saint Laurent became a thing mm -hmm. and then I went to Paris and it was at a certain point I went to Paris like three four times a, a month mm -hmm. as a 22 year old with like a uni like I went to uni but but basically it was just this, like weird dual dual lifestyle but mm -hmm. Then we sort of understanding, I say we, but it's just me and my myself. Um, I started understanding there is some sort of uh, sort of currency to content, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it just kept getting better. I, 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 you know, I shot more, but I also designed the blog posts more, etc. So it, yeah. So and then at some point, companies started coming to me and said, "Can we like take your face out? But can you do this content for us?" Oh, so that, and that, was, that was the, that was the shift. That was the yeah, shift. Yeah, that was the big shift. Yeah, where it was like, oh, you know, I I understand, and this was really really new back then because I think um, people didn't understand what blogging is or influencers back then, mm -hmm. um, but they had kind of seen through it. So these were really like forward thinking people, if you know what mm -hmm. I mean. Because even now you don't have these people. It, you know, a lot of brands still think influencers are these girls that take selfies in front of mirrors with shampoo bottles and stuff. But behind it all, they're all sort of entrepreneurs. They have different talents. They might be a biologist or an architect or whatever. Yeah, for sure. But marrying those two, you can really tap into a lot of potential. So if, but, imagine so, if a blogger is a, an architect. But I think this is, this is, the, this is the, the, the conversation that I'm really interested in doing. Was it kind of like three, two mm -hmm. separate conversations. It's going, there is, a di there is a difference between an influencer and a content creator, mm -hmm. I, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah. but then oh. but then but then there's also that kind of conversation going. If you're an influencer, right, and you have this uh, architectural background, let's mm -hmm. as a brand, you like let's merge that and make something mm -hmm. totally fresh and totally new. That because yeah. like I'm I'm really fascinated with um, different uh, platforms and different talents that combine mm -hmm. to make something new. Like what mm -hmm. would happen if you got mm -hmm. David Hockney? and Billie oh, Eilish and Fendi to do a collaboration like what would that good, look like exactly. so all like architecture like what would happen so I think that it'd be really great for these brands to really kind of harness these influences and the, the, what, even what they're studying like even if they're studying like psychology like what does that look like exactly I mean imagine the diverse possible like all of these rich patchwork of different characteristics and professionalism and all of these coming together and making something completely new. And I think it, this notion is not 
it's it's still not common, James. Mm. It's still very one. It's very linear. People think that influencers need to sell products, but that, that's actually not the case. So my company was founded on this, where someone or a group of people that worked in brands had seen this. That I'm not just an influencer. I'm a photographer and a web designer, a graphic designer, whatever. Mm. And they said, Hey, actually, can you give it for us? Like, can you do white card services for us? So that's how Cube Collective was founded. That was. 2015, so like six years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's and the we... name Cube Collective, where did that come from? Well, Park and Cube was the blog. So right. Cube Collective, yeah, in the beginning, I, I sort of wanted it to be an artist's sort of collective. But when I say artists, I mean like sort of digital content artists. Yeah. 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 People who are super fluent in digital, yeah. So it was a it was a collective, and we we had loads of people like illustrators and um, different photographers and theaters and dance uh, theater majors and dancers and things like that. So we would sort of merge uh, different puzzle pieces to make interesting uh, combos for brands. So we would yeah wow. sort of provide these services. Mm. That's so cool. So and and obviously that was kind of like the I think around that time that was still relatively new to be delivering yeah. and it's it's still quite new as well uh, this sort of like mm-hmm. cross collaboration mm-hmm. sort of thing where we're, where we're harnessing yeah. multiple different talents and it's even more in fashion brands now that they're really utilizing um performance like yeah. fashion brands and brands are really really utilizing people's voices in dance and theater and stuff so mm-hmm. now it's like entertainment mm-hmm. it can't just be mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's definitely been a shift so from a showcase to go in, this is what mm. we do, to now entertaining mm. audiences for, via like yeah. circus and dance and theater yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can see this all in the fashion yeah, exactly. shows and the way that they do their campaigns now. Exactly, yeah. It's the it's the birth of context, which is funny. Why, why didn't context exist before? But, you know, products used to just be marketplace stuff like, oh, this is a water bottle. Please buy it because it's a good water bottle. No, now it's all about the context around it. You're selling the lifestyle, you're selling the reason, but also a potential sort of, you know, aspiration, if you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're providing seeds for people's experience with the product instead of just the product. So mm. now it's interesting where if you want to start a brand, it's quite hard because you do need to, you know, um, guarantee qual- quality of your product, but you also need to guarantee the quality of the context around the product. Mm, the world that you're building. Yeah. But then, yeah, but, then exactly. but, but then it goes back to that being uh, limitless because obviously like the context mm. of how I use a bottle is the different context to someone how else they mm. use their bottle. And so it can exactly. be transported in any sort of situation. Yeah. But I'd love to see how Billie Eilish would use this bottle. You know what, you know what I mean? mean? Like it's, it's, infinite yeah there's infinite but for me there's now infinite kind of possibilities create creatively because it can be mm. like you can deform it you don't have to be presented it as what it is like this is a water bottle yeah. it could be yeah. like it could be like for if it's made you from saw. wood like you could like start with a tree and then the tree kind of disintegrates and then suddenly all the tree comes back together and it forms a water bottle like there's so many different ways of like just being really creative and go actually we don't I just have to sell the water bottle, but we can now sell the purpose yeah. for, and how we use it. Exactly. Which is mm. sort of se- not centuries, but decades old advertising. That is that just advertising that in essence. So mm. we've kind of embedded advertising into our bodies through this, the rise of social media and all of that, mm-hmm. um, which is a bit scary and sad. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, so it, it, it's safe to say that it's been like a long journey for you. It hasn't been like an overnight success. 
it hasn't been either, to be honest, because it definitely hasn't been an overnight success, but it feels like it in some way. But also it hasn't been that long of a journey because it's still been, I want to say it's less than 10 years for all of this shift to come about, you know? Yeah. Like it was, it was like always around the corner. Something was different. Like Instagram would, uh, you know, update their app and it would be like a whole other culture around the corner. So for mm. me, always there is something, yeah, just around the corner that, that you can't really plan around. So when I, when I work with my clients, you, I, I tell them don't plan six months ahead, plan six weeks ahead, because six months ahead, you might have a, an entirely different culture that you need to cater to. Well, yeah, um, like, like, like Instagram whole, stories, like Instagram before. stories, NFTs now, TikTok is totally yeah, shifting like, and going into long form now as well. I think they did a collaborate, they're doing a partnership yeah. with that Samsung or something. So it like, even mm. like after like six weeks, think something new could, and Clubhouse as well. Clubhouse is a massive one. Yes, that's that's awesome. really, really growing. I don't know how mm. people monetize that and stuff at the moment. It's still very, mm. very new. And to, and to take that audience from- wish- yeah, sorry, go, go, go. No, 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 I just wanted to say, I, I wish the monetization of Clubhouse comes a little later because I just feel like everything is being monetized now. Like, stop. Mm. What, and, <laughs> I like what, the innocence and, and, of it all. What, and just let it be, let it do its thing rather than go, how do we make money out of it? Yeah, the thing is, you know, like just like Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, you, you sort of see the ads, but it doesn't, it doesn't really interfere much with your usage yeah. of the app. Yeah. In a way, like it maybe it demands sort of attention every couple slides or whatever. But mm. I just don't want Clubhouse to be like, oh, you gotta like an OnlyFans account, like, oh, you gotta pay three dollars to get into this room where Elon Musk is talking. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I don't want that. Like I just want a normal innocence, something that is born of yeah, a, a little bit of you know, like things just mature over time. I just yeah. want to mature over time. <laughs> You basically just want a free Elon Musk conversation without paying for it. That basically is yes, what it is. I just, yeah. Did you did you know uh, Mark Zuckerberg was was uh, in Clubhouse yesterday? No. How did he? I wonder. Who, so I wonder who. I wonder who set it up. Three thousand. Eight thousand. Eight thousand. I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah, what? eight thousand, and I couldn't even get in. It was like, oh, the the room is full right now. Please try. Please try later. I'm like, um. I wonder. I wonder who set that up. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder as well. Yeah. yeah. Be interesting. Yeah, I, did, really- I did on, on a separate note, I did e- I did email Elon Musk randomly nice. about a year ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Did he reply? No, he didn't. He didn't, unfortunately. But of course I, not. You should tweet at him though. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I I got off I got his email from a friend of mine and I was like, I'm just gonna email Elon Musk and see some and no, I didn't get anything. <laughs> but I you know but what I, you should do though. What should I, what should I do? I should like tweet him. No, 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 no. If you're ever getting married, you should send your wedding invita- invitation. Are you married? No, unfortunately not. No. <laughs> no. Sorry, this isn't a, like a way like, are you single? Are you single? Apparently, um, you, you should send your um, wedding invitations to as many billionaires you can find. <laughs> right. Because their assistants don't actually know if he knows you. So they'll send you a really lavish gift anyway. <laughs> no way. <laughs> is that true that's like a little hack <laughs> how do you know that i've never tried i'm sure i'm I mean, sure it, it, it sort of does make sense right at least you'll get flowers which is like yeah free flowers. is it is it i don't know but how does but i'm sure that the person would know if they know you but they not yeah but like 
to, to have his address or whatever, to, to successfully get this wedding invitation, you, it's like a wedding invitation, like personal wedding invitation. Yeah, yeah, Dear actually, Elon. yeah, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got to be quite bold though, to be like, I don't really know you, but here's a wedding invitation, no, no, pretending you that you know. You like, oh, we met. And we're yeah. really good pals, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's, I mean, because it's a bold move anyway. Yeah. Even if you don't know the person, to be like, oh, exactly. I'm gonna pretend that I know the person, so I'm gonna send you when. Because I mean, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Good life hack. Good life hack. Maybe yeah. When maybe in a couple of years, when, whenever I'm married, whenever I'm married, I don't know. Maybe in ten years time or five years, I don't know. Please do a podcast with yourself if you ever succeed in that. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> I love it. I love that. So what I what I'd love to know is as well, like within this so within this world of social media and brands and content, there's again what you're saying, there's always something round the corner. There's always something new happening. How do you balance your kind of mental well-being and not be on sort of like high anxiety sort of because it is quite fast paced and I know we slowed down quite a lot over lockdown and we've reflected quite a lot but even but maybe even before that how do you how do you find that kind of wellness because obviously there's so much mental illness over social media because it is if you use yeah. it incorrectly I feel it can be very yeah. damaging um and I've yeah. I I got better at knowing my triggers and go okay well if I go down that rabbit hole, I know it's not very good for me. So I just don't do that. Um, how do you work? How do you find it? Well, it's definitely debilitating for sure. Mm. Uh, I think I don't know a single person who's gotten around that kind of depression that you get from the lack of, yeah, the, that dopamine hit from having a, a social account and, and all these interactions and then not having it after a while. Mm. Um, but I, I think I personally kind of approach it and do you know that book? Um, and can I swear? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you have a nice jingle that you can put over my, anyway. Okay. Um, you know the, the book, what is it called? Subtle Art of Not, not Giving, giving a, fuck? a Fuck by Mark. I was, literally listen, I was literally listening to him just before we did this podcast. Nice. Yeah. yeah so it's got a I YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh, does he now? I don't yeah, he's got a YouTube oh. channel. Is it like a like a TED talk or? <laughs> it's just like random. I think he just picks random things from his book and then does like a little like section on it. But it's always quite he he's quite eccentric though. Like I think I mean the book is quite eccentric anyway. But he's really eccentric. Like, well, I was basically I was watching this three minute like section of him basically saying, uh, "What do you do when you feel feel procrastinated?" And he was like, "Just do yeah. shit." And it was a simple thing. And he was like, oh, I just did shit. So I just made, I read this book and now I'm cleaning the toilet every single day and I'm just doing shit. So it's, fine. it's quite, oh, it's she's, quite comical. He's literally doing shit. Yeah, he's doing shit. Like, like, I think it's like a play on the fucking shit, I think, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love so it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, no, no, sorry, I mean, like, you, you, you read this book because it is a very good book. I, I yeah, highly rate yeah. it as well. Uh, not to like dissect his philosophy or anything, but you know, just in, in a broad sense of things, mm. you need to give less fucks because at the end of the day, it's all about to giving way too much fucks Yeah. in social media. Mm. Yeah. And I got so jaded at some point because I, I had been there since like, you know, I, I guess they consider me a generation 1.5 or two because I had come just after the first generation, which is like Susie Bubbles and all that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I had been there for like Instagram 2011, I think I signed up. So it's been 10 years on Instagram. I am jaded as fuck, like jaded. Mm. So, but I had a point where I was like super down and you can really see it on my Instagram. Like all my images were really dark as well. Like I was so sick of it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And back then it was all about pink skies and HDR images. So I was just like, oh, F this shit. Like I'm just going to post something that's really dark yeah not dark as in like gore or anything but just no yeah, yeah. i just wanted to do something that they didn't do mm-hmm. yeah but it was definitely going a little bit against the the it's just being a hipster i'm sure you know what i mean <laughs> james right yeah. we're all hipsters <laughs> the rebels in us but the rebels in us exactly the rebels in us but that opened like that helped me open cubicle you know that cubicle was my way of just slowing down the internet just a little bit like it was just everything was just too fast-paced but also it was all bite-sized you know when you go to an event and you have canapes i do know because i'm the the person sitting by the door waiting for them yes yeah yeah exactly but you get full on it because you you eat every single time they come out the door but you get full on it and you're like, what did I eat? Like, what's the nutritional value in the thing that I ate, right? It depends, so, on, it depends on where I you go. Like, I mean, I, 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 I remember, going, I, well, yeah, because I went to, what's that? What's that J- Japanese sushi restaurant in Liverpool Street? Oh my God, yeah. Uh, what's that uh, one? Really fam- the really famous samba. one. Samba. <laughs> I, I went to the opening super Sushi Samba in Covent Garden. Nice. And I mean, th- those canapes were pretty good. So I'm not going to lie. It depends oh, on where you go. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You, you you need to get full on that those ones. Yeah, I did. Chase I those did. Down I did, and I, and then yeah. I was talk, I was talking. I was eating, and then Vivian Westwood came up, and I was her friend, about someone that she works with, uh, that I worked on a job uh-huh. with, and I was like eating this food, and I was like, oh no, it's going towards me, and I was like eating this food, I was like, no, quickly, and so I, and then after that, I was like, and because there were so many people that I knew there. I was like, I, I had enough food. I was like, get it all in. And then I won't touch it anymore. Because yeah. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm like, there's just stuff in my face and then someone's coming towards me yeah. that I need to like talk to or need to like address uh-huh. or whatever. So, but Did yeah, you that... talk to her or was she coming towards the food? <laughs> she, she, yeah, she wasn't coming towards me. She doesn't know me. No, her friend, her, I knew her friend, so, but she was with her friend and they were just coming towards me. And, that, and she was like, hey, Jamie. Uh-huh. Not Vivian, her friend was like, hey, Vivian. Uh-huh. So, yeah, was one of those things, that sort of things. Definitely don't know Vivian Westwood. Imagine, put put like, out there, I do not know Vivian Westwood. <laughs> no, but she would remember you if you were like, hey, Vivian, I love this trip. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Lit- well, to, to be fair, to be fair, no, that hasn't happened before, but I, that is probably my worst nightmare because I am that person at the party that literally will go for the food first. And all my friends know this, that I literally go to the party That's and I find where the food is coming from and I ha- link yeah. around there, get full and then do my sort of like smooching and um, talking to people and stuff. But I'd have to be fed first. I, mean, I have to be. Priorities, right? It is. It is priorities. So, I, so. I look the, for the dog. Say again. I look for the dog that's in the back. The dog? Like in the back room. Like, yeah. What, what, so like an actual Can live dog? Have, like a house party. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got a dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, lo- I, lo- I love a good Frenchie. That's me. Oh, man. Frenchies get me, get me going. Food One day. And, yeah. Pets. Do you, do you have any pets? No, I don't have any pets. I, I, I need a dog, but yeah. Maybe, maybe, right maybe, it's, maybe is... it's time now, though. We're in lockdown. Maybe this is the right time to have one. Separation anxiety, though, is something I'm worried about. What do you mean separation? <laughs> all over. Oh, when, 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 when the... it's all over and I have to travel again or... Oh, right. Okay. But can you not take a dog traveling? No? 
Um, probably not a German Shepherd. <laughs> oh, probably not. but well, because because if it was an emotional, what do you call it, no, emotional dog, what do you call it? That's such a hack. That's yeah. a life hack. That. Oh, thank you. Okay, you're yeah. totally right. Because I've got friends yeah. who do that with their Frenchies. I mean, they're, they're obviously they're small dogs, but they call them mm -hmm. emotional dogs or whatever. And so they just literally ride with What kind them. of dog is not an emotional support animal? That's what I mean. I mean, but also like, mm -hmm. I, it, it, I, maybe I am incorrect in saying this, but I heard recently that um, if you are dyslexic or you have depression, it is now classed mm -hmm. as a disability. Mm -hmm. So that means... That means, mm -hmm. so this is what someone told me recently and probably might be incorrect, but that means that millions of people now are technically disabled. Yeah. Technically, because loads of people suffer yeah. from mental illness and you can't really like see mental illness, but you know it obviously yeah. is there. So it means that yeah. millions of people could potentially now have these dogs on as an as emotional support animal because they're technically disabled now. Well, that's the way around the system, James. Are you going to get a dog now? Oh, I wish. Because no, my thing is like like you as well, the travel thing. But yeah, I think it would mm -hmm. be. That that was my yeah. reason not to have a dog. Because I travel, I used to, well, before COVID, I used to travel quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, um, me too. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. And I, and I, and what I, all, but you know what? I always said though, before I got a dog, I'd have to be married. That was my thing. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'm learning a lot about you. Yeah, I know, I know. We because I, about your, uh, yeah. I, I think I think it's Not amazing because well, dogs are like babies, right? They need they need a lot of attention, yeah. right? And I've always believed that you need like a like a power couple sort of or couple situation yeah, yeah. to look after yeah. it. When you can't look after it, it goes to your partner rather than going to like a dog sitter or like a yeah, babysitter, yeah, exactly. that sort of thing. Yeah. So I've always said, yeah, I was like, I'd rather wait until I'm like in a very committed thing before I brought a dog into the world that's very you know it's very conscious it's a sustainable um yeah pet relationship yeah, yeah literally because it's, it's just important i there's so many people who have their dogs and they leave them at home for a long time and they go to work and i just don't really want to be in that situation i'd rather someone be there that i know and they know and they're yeah. recognizable and that sort of thing so yeah at least you're in devon so i know De see, you have all see oh man devon devon like Devon has the one of the highest rates for dog uh, dog kidnappers. Oh no! Are you serious? Yeah, we have we have a lot of dogs oh, getting no. kidnapped <laughs> over here. They like I don't know because there's so I think well because we're in the countryside and there's so many people who have dogs here, but so many people steal them. So many. For what reason though? Um, I actually was talking to a friend of mine. I was on a, my uh, usual kind of nature walk yesterday because I, I live by lots of um, national parks sort of um, here by my house. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very, these ones have loads of dogs there. And I was saying to my friend on the phone yesterday, I was like, I wonder why people take them. And I, because a lot of them are quite expensive. Well, some of them are quite expensive down here, like mm -hmm. maybe 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. And so they yeah. even might like take them and sell them or they you take them for their own kind of benefit. So oh, it's oh, one gee. of the two. But then oh. there's there's a lot of dogs down here that get taken. And I'm on like um like a local group, uh -huh. you know, like a community Instagram. Like, a dog um... watch group? <laughs> no, like there's an app called something local and you can connect in your community. Uh -huh. And basically it's uh -huh. like people message it on going, I need a plumber 
in my area and you can go oh, okay but, okay uh-huh. but but recently or quite a while for the last probably year now there's been loads of people posting going my dog's gone missing my dog's gone missing oh, and there's just loads uh-huh. of dogs being being taken oh. yeah apparently the pandemic has like increased the demand for dogs but also like really rare dogs yeah yeah, yeah. I, I was living in Copenhagen and, and um, people would just uh, come up to my friend and ask is this your dog like the she had a shiba you know and you know how those um those are really expensive dogs yeah yeah and he's like he's like oh is this your dog like be careful because people steal this dog for sure these days especially so now she doesn't really take it out to you know how you like tie dogs outside supermarkets yeah Um, i would never do that the dog out anymore i would never do that i wouldn't i wouldn't leave outside yeah it's like it's like it's like oh. leaving it's like leaving the bike out. I mean, I I I find I get ang- anxious when people leave bikes in like Hackney and stuff, yeah. and I'm like, why would you yeah. leave it in Hackney? Like it's going to be taken. Yeah, no, and you'll find it in Brick Lane. Like you'll have to buy it back. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it, we need a guard dog for dogs now. Like <laughs> you, know? you need a, you need another dog now to guard your dog. Exactly. It's all being meta. Like I love how meta this is. It is, it is. So as we come to, like, to a close of like, our episode, what we love to do at, at 360, we like to ask like a, a give back to our audience. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I, I tell people this before our episode starts, just so they can think, so they're not like being thrown something. But what would be your thing that we'd give back to, one to your younger self or to someone mm-hmm. that's listening that's inspired mm. you it might be like a book or might be like a mantra it might be like i do yoga every morning maybe i don't know oh, oh shut up <laughs> um for me <laughs> no, i think but- i i probably tell myself i mean okay shut up to no offense to those who do yoga but i just have three cups of coffee and it's not even 10 a.m here so, i mean wait it is 10 a.m so it's 10 yes 11. 10 there yeah yeah um so that's definitely not my lifestyle but i guess my mantra would be like be stupid but don't post about it <laughs> i love that i'm just don't like imagine james i think you and i are sort of in the similar like i think you might be a little younger than me but did yeah. you have twitter when you were 13 oh, did i have twitter I d- maybe i i have it now but i don't really use it so probably i probably had it because mm-hmm. it was a thing so yeah but yeah anyway right. so i had twitter yeah Right. I didn't have Twitter when I was 13 and I'm so happy about it. <laughs> because I No, I probably had how Bebo. Stupid that have been? I think I had Bebo or MySpace probably back then. Yeah, exactly. It was MySpace. But yeah, basically MySpace. I think you should be stupid. You should do all your mistakes. You should make mistakes because you, you learn so much from mistakes. I think there's so so much to being a um you know, you can't be a perfectionist all the time. You have to make mistakes. You have to put yourself out there, but just don't post about it. <laughs> I know, I know. I think we've lost that sort of ability to fail nowadays because mm-hmm. everything has been uh, recorded. Everything. conclusion, James. Yeah, it's just like, and I, I love that there's a book called Fail, Fail, Fail Again. And I, and I, don't, I don't mind failing something because I'd like to learn mm-hmm. from my failures. And then I... Mm-hmm do better mm. next time. And I always remember my failures and I've had lots and lots of failures. Um, and I always reflect on these going, oh, okay, well, I understand why that didn't work. Okay, that's fine. But at least yeah. I went there and I went and I tried to go. And I was watching Jobs yesterday, which is um, Steve, um, Ashton Kutcher, which is about Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. a great line in it. And he said, if we're not willing to like fail to get better, mm-hmm. we're just being mediocre. 
we're just doing a me yeah, too exactly. as in like we're just basically yeah. not me too as in like the movement but as a me too because mm-hmm. intel at the time or microsoft was copying uh mm-hmm. uh what's it called uh, apple at the, at the time and he was like oh i don't want to do what everyone else is doing and you need to be able to yeah, just yeah. push the limits and to go into yep. fail and be stupid and just to find but it, there's that thing of mm-hmm. like the lack of being stupid because you don't because you mm-hmm. want to show face you want you want mm. to look like you know what you're doing rather than actually mm. trying to get that dunk in that net but you can't get it like 20 mm. times and then that 20th 21st mm. time you can do but everyone else is just yeah. like not doing 20 it times how you don't exactly mm. but everyone else is afraid to do that try to do that dunk because they don't want to fall flat on their face and it's just like because yeah. someone's because yeah. someone's going to capture it on instagram and that's what generally what yeah happen. exactly yeah no, no i get that but it's like it's it's a bit like I mean, why do we complain about imposter syndrome? If, if I know, you know what I mean. Like, I honestly you can't don't... fluff yourself up without having built all that that rapport yeah. with yourself. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've never. Honestly, I've ne- then you're gonna get imposter syndrome. Have you? I've never had imposter syndrome. I've never. I've never felt it. I've had it in different settings. I think it's very like it's dependent on society. I, I guess it's like the the moment and who you're with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but basically. It's, it's, it's not, I mean, the easiest way to come out of an imposter syndrome like state is to, to rely on something that you know the most of, whether it's, you know, uh, walking a dog or whatever. You just yeah. kind of bring yourself back into that yeah, mindset where you're like, I know, like, I know inside and out about uh, the Shiba Inu breed or something, you know, just, just yeah, bring yeah. that conversation back around. Whether it makes sense or not, you kind of like gain that confidence back because that's the one thing that you do know like mm. the hell out of. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely something. Yeah, I would tell my younger self, <laughs> and also not to bleach your hair. <laughs> oh, really? Not to bleach the hair? Uh, I mean, you know, shit like that. You know, don't don't worry about <laughs> don't worry about fitting in. Oh yeah, don't fit in. Being outside and be a rebel. That's what we need to be. We all need to be a bit yes. more, bit more rebellious. Bit more realist. Exactly. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming on 360 yourself. It's been absolutely a pleasure, and you've just like and it like injected me with such energy this morning. It's been great. You're like so, you're so infectious. I hope you'll help me re alpha better lies and uh, and go on your and go on your trip with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's go on a trip. <laughs> I know. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming and taking time to be with us. Of course. Thank you so much, James. It, this has been incredibly sort of, yeah, insightful as well. I feel like I haven't really spoken to someone that is sort of on the same wavelength for a while now. Brilliant. Well, it's been great for me yeah. and I'm hoping and I know people listening will take a lot from this away. Be stupid, listeners. Be stupid. This is 360 Yourself and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12pm. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360 and our host at Jamie Neal JN. Thank you for listening.